0: Good morning, morning. welcome to Crestview Baptist Church, thank you for coming to worship with us today, I'm so glad to see each and every one of you, Uh, I just have a few announcements to get us started for the day, Uh, don't forget there is a business meeting right after church today, we'll be voting on the budget, Um, so keep that in mind, Um, Monday night, which is tomorrow night, um, we're going to have a... Uh, prayer time at my house as we prepare for our um revival and yes i know if you live up here it is a long haul to my house i know um but um if you have any questions about how to get to my house you can uh, use the directory app we've been talking about or you can text me and i will give you directions to get there um don't forget about our Wednesday night services. Um, our adult services are in here. Our youth and children's services out here in the building. Um, and uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, next Sunday is our picnic down at the creek. Is it our last one for the summer? We may have one more depending. We, you never know how long summer's going to last around here. It could go all the Summer could go all the way to November here in <laughs> so we have our picnic down at the creek next Sunday at six o'clock. Don't forget that that means our breakfast will be coming up on the third um, that this month has flown by. Um, continue to be in to be thinking about your um our students and teachers this week. Yes, we started back to school Wednesday, but this is our first uh full week back at school this is a this is our big test of the year our first full week back so um be thinking about those this week. I don't think I have any more announcements. I just ask that you uh, take some time. Let's focus on God this morning. Let's push the worries of the outside world away and uh, just spend some time together as we
1: worship the Lord. Good morning. morning. It's good to see everyone here today and it's good to be back. Um, Thank you, Chad and and Jim for, uh, and Sandra, for taking care of the service last week while we were gone to Tennessee. We do appreciate that and allowing us to spend time with Ginger's family. A um, couple of things that we, I need to share with you. One, continue to pray for Mike McCrite. He fell and broke the humerus in his left arm, I think. Um, and he is waiting to get in to see the doctor um, at the end of this month. Hopefully within the next week or so, he'll be able to get in to see them. Also, uh, pray for Dan and Celeste. Dan uh, tested positive yesterday morning um, for COVID. He uh, has been running 103 fever. He texted me this morning and said he thought his fever broke, that he hadn't had a fever reducer since last night, and he didn't have a fever. And then he texted back and he said, belay that. That's Navy talk, but hold it a second. He said, my fever's back. So uh, continue to pray for him as uh, he continues to improve. And then also, and this is what I would, um, very, very serious. uh, Marty went and had his follow-up appointment this past Monday, um, did not get the report they wanted. Um, From what they shared with us Wednesday night, that uh, what they removed uh, from his bladder, and during the surgery, was cancerous. It was cancer. It is inside and outside of his his bladder wall. They are hoping to soon get a full body scan, but make sure I'm saying this right. What they told you is there's nothing they can do. So uh, there's nothing they can do. So uh, please pray for Marty and Ruth. Listen. Church, we serve a God of miracles, and we have seen it within our own congregation that God has performed miracles. We gathered around Marty and Ruth Wednesday night and prayed over them. And I'm going to ask anybody that's able right now to keep Marty from having to get up and move, if you are able and willing, please, at this time, as we go to the Lord in prayer, Just go back and and surround Marty and Ruth as as we pray to start our service together. So if you would, if those of you that can, just go and surround Marty and Ruth back there and lay hands on them, and we are going to open our service, we pray. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our blessed Lord and Savior, we come before you right now on bended knee. Dear Lord, while we are asking you to to take control of this service this morning, that your spirit fill this place as we begin our time together, that as the choir sings and, and Sandra leads us in praise, that we would mean every word that we say. That we would sing from our heart. Dear Lord, as Chad brings the children's sermon and, and, and leads the children's church, that he would speak your word to these little hearts that he is talking to and teaching. That they would understand that you are their Savior. Dear Lord, as I bring your word, the message that you have laid on my heart to share today that you would speak through me and that the Spirit move among your people. Dear Lord, we also come to you this morning praying for Mike, that you would take away the pain that he's feeling due to this broken bone, that you would be with Whitey and with his shoulder. Dear Lord, that you would be with Dan and Celeste, that you would touch Dan and heal him and allow him to quickly recover from having this this virus. Dear Lord, that you would protect Celeste so that she does not get it as well. But dear Lord, we come to you on behalf of our family members, Marty and Ruth. Dear Lord, Lord, Our entire church is surrounding them right now. Whether in spirit or in person. But dear Lord, we are praying for them. We are united in asking you to do a miracle in Marty's life. Dear Lord, we know... That when a doctor gives a terminal diagnosis. That it's not easy to hear. But dear Lord we also know. That you are the great physician. That if it is your will. That you can amaze. Not only the doctors. But you can amaze Marty and Ruth. Dear Lord we have people here. That are walking around. That are walking miracles right now. Because we were told that this is the end. But you said, no, it's not. Dear Lord, this may be a selfish prayer, but I ask that you that you heal Marty completely. But dear Lord, we also ask you that you fill them with a peace that, that nobody can understand. That they feel your presence and they feel your strength. That you take away any pain that Marty is feeling. And that above all, dear Lord, do you allow people to see Jesus alive and well in their lives as they are dealing with this right now? Dear Lord, I pray that you allow us to have the attitude that, yes, we want this, but we are willing to accept whatever your will is. And regardless of the outcome, that we will praise your name because we know where Marty's faith lies we know that his hope is in the Lord and that his strength comes from the Lord. Lord, I ask you to bless them this morning, that you bless us and that you continue to work in us as your church that we may truly prove to the world that we are your disciples, that we love each other, that we love you, that we obey you. Dear Lord, that above all, Hearts and souls will be changed. They will be drawn to you and accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you this morning, dear Lord, and we give you all the praise and honor for it all. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior, we pray. Amen.
2: you stand as we turn our hymnals to page 151 and as already said we are praising our lord and savior this morning so let's do this with this our singing 151 the way of the cross leads home
0: the kids to come down forward this morning all right I got a question we started back to school this week some of us went back to school one day some of us were still at home school some of us are went one day some of us went three days some of us went to daycare did you who who broke any rules this week? Did anybody break any rules this week? Thomas threw his hand up. He knows he broke the rules. So, I want to tell you a story about breaking rules. I'm gonna go back in time, 33 years. I was in kindergarten, okay? Well, while I'm in kindergarten, I have this buddy and we're playing, and during our playtime, our center time, well, we have this. It was a kitchen center. I remember this. I'll never forget it. It was the first time I ever got in trouble. I didn't get in trouble too many times, or I didn't get caught anyway too many times, right? No, I'm just kidding. I try to stay out of trouble. Um, I was up there, and he had gotten in trouble for something, and the teacher told him to go sit down, go get somewhere else. He couldn't play up there anymore. I don't remember what he did. All I remember is the next part. I was up there playing in the little kitchen center area, and it was up above everything else. And I looked down, and I said, Hey, hey, come on back up here. Shh. He said, I can't. They told me not to. He said, I said, No, it's okay. Come on back up here. Well, about five minutes passed, and the teacher noticed he was back up in the kitchen area again. And uh, she said, Hey, why are you up there? Well, he could have said, I don't know, I just forgot, come up here. No, that's not what he said. He said, Chad told me to come back up here. Some friend, right? Huh? I did. He said, some friend, right? No, he did the right thing. He said, Chad told me to come back up here. So I got in trouble, and I had to go sit and time out because I asked him to do that. Now, was I being a good friend trying to get him to do the wrong thing? No, I was not being a good friend. Well, today talking about getting us to do the wrong thing, we're going to be moving on in our Lord's Prayer. And today's line of the Lord's Prayer is, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What is temptation? Does anybody up here know what temptation is? No? I did. I, I tempted that little boy. To come up into the kitchen. He knew he wasn't supposed to be up there. But I said, hey, it's okay. Come on up here. I said you could do it. I was trying to be the boss man, right? I said you could do it. And so I tempted him to come up there. And do what he wasn't supposed to do. So temptation is any time that we are offered to do the wrong thing. And sometimes the wrong thing might look really good. It might. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes doing the wrong thing, it can look like it's the good thing to do. But really, God wants us to make good choices. And that's what this is all about. When we're praying to God in the Lord's Prayer in this part of it, we're asking God to keep us away from temptation. Keep temptation away from us. Who tempts us to do the wrong thing in this world? God doesn't tempt us. The devil, the devil tempts us, right? He tries to get us to do the wrong thing. He says, "Hey, you don't need to listen to your mom and dad." or "Hey," or hey, it's okay. that person hits you. go hit them back. That's the kind of things the devil says to us. He tries to get us to do the wrong thing. So when we're, we do, we do the right thing. So that's what we're talking today is we're praying for God to not lead us into temptation. And to deliver us from evil. And to keep those bad temptations and those bad thoughts out of our life, So we're not tempted to go do those things. We're going to talk a little bit more about it. And I'm going to try to explain it in a way that will help you a little better when we go to children's church. But right now, we're going to pray. And I'm going to ask you guys to sit right here, okay? Let's bow our head. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for each one of these boys and girls. As we go through this week, Lord... Keep us in the position to do the right thing. Help help us make good choices as we go through our everyday life. All this I ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, guys, let's go. See.
2: The Bible instructs us to worship God, to praise him. It's not if... I feel like it. Uh, I might today, or uh, I just didn't feel His presence today. But the Bible tells us over hundreds of times to worship God, to praise God. So obviously, it's very important. Praise is telling or expressing how great God is and how much we love Him. In Psalms, it tells us that God inhabits our praise. And that means that he rests in, or he sits upon, or he dwells or lives within us when we praise him. So when we are singing and you are listening and getting yourself involved, or you're singing as well, or you're you're just involved in worship to God, then his presence is felt more. He's, it's just like his presence is growing and glowing, and he is glorified. So, God actually enjoys our worship here today. And perhaps, as the word inhabit says, it brings him peace and rest. So, we need to feel his presence. And for some of us, more today than ever, we need to feel that. He's never away from us. He's never gone. But sometimes we just don't feel him as much as we normally would want to. So you want to feel his presence? Then join in with us as we sing praise the Lord.
3: manifest its schemes
4: and you feel the earth
1: Thank you, choir. As you can see by the title of the sermon, Obedience or Worship? Last week when we were at church with my father-in-law in Maryville, Tennessee, the pastor was preaching Out of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, and it wasn't any particular verse, but what he's been doing is he's been preaching through the entire Bible. And it was the, he had just finished up in the Old Testament and had started um, in the New Testament, so he was preaching about Matthew. But he alluded in that message to our passage today. And to give you a little bit of background, what is going on in our passage, where we're jumping, starting out with, is Israel had wanted a king. They wanted to be just like all of the nations around them and have a king. So God said, okay. So he sent the, the high priest Samuel, the prophet Samuel, sent him and anointed Saul king over Israel. Because he looked kingly. The Bible says that he was head and shoulders above everybody else. He had that look that you wanted in a king. He was strong. People listened to him. He looked like and acted like you would want a king to look and act. Well, something... And Saul's life began to change after he became king. And God had told him through the prophet Samuel that he wanted this particular nation completely wiped out. That he did not want anybody spared. He didn't want any of the livestock spared. That he was to kill everyone. And that when Samuel got there after the battle, that they would have a sacrifice to worship God for the victory. Well, Samuel took it upon himself that he kept the best of the livestock, or Saul did, kept all the livestock, and he kept the king alive, and he got tired of waiting on Samuel to get there, so he went ahead and performed the sacrifice himself. Contrary to what God had told him to do. So if you would turn to First Samuel chapter 15, we're going to look at verses 22 and 23. And that's going to be our, our, our focal passage today. So if you would stand in honor of the reading of God's word, 1 Samuel chapter 15 verses 22 and 23. And this is when Saul or Samuel gets there to Saul and this is what Samuel responds to Saul. And Samuel said, "Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice." and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and the insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, He has rejected you from being king. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for what we see recorded here in the words of Samuel. Dear Lord, thank You for what You tell us about obedience and what You expect from us. Bless the reading of Your Word. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So here is the question. Which is more delightful for God? Our obedience... Or are acts of worship. Because that's what sacrifice is. It's an act of worship. So which one is more important? Well, look at verse 22a. The first part of verse 22. It says, Samuel said, Has the Lord as much light and burnt, burnt offerings and sacrifices as obeying the voice? This is the question that Samuel is asking Saul. Now, He asked this question already having the answer to it. But see, church, sometimes we think that what we do is more important than being obedient in what we do. We get so caught up in the work Of worshiping. We get so caught up on the program that's presented that that becomes the most important thing and we're not obedient in doing what we're told to do. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? We can make this into a huge production up here. We literally could. Sandra could have the choir all dressed in robes because at one point we had robes. She could have them all dressed in robes. She could make them have tryouts to be able to be part of the choir. She could only allow certain people. She could make rules for being in the choir. Uh, we could have lights. We could have machines. We could have a full band up here. We could sit here and I could, I could have a, a, a clear glass podium or no podium at all. I could come up here in skinny jeans. Yeah, right, that's ever going to happen. But I could be up here in skinny jeans. And, 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 and yes, I've got the, the beard, but I could wear a wig and so I'm not bald and you don't get blinded by the, the, the light shining off of it, Marty. I know you have a problem with that halo I got going on up there. but you, We could do it all. We could present what we do up here in a big production. But are we being obedient to what God is telling us to do? Where is our effort going? In the show or having an obedient heart? Now understand, with me saying that, I'm not saying if that's what's going on in in churches that it's, it's necessarily wrong. But for us here, we would not be being obedient to what God is telling us to do. Because the the show is not why we're here. we are here to worship God. So understand that. That's, the, that that's what's going on here. God delights in our obedience more than our act of worship. He is more concerned and gets more joy and praise from us being obedient in our actions in it, in our heart than He does by us just doing things because that's what we do. See, in, in part B of verse 22, it says, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. What is Samuel actually saying? He is saying, yes, the sacrifice is good, but God would rather have you be obedient than go through the motions. He would rather you be obedient in your heart, in your actions, than instead of trying to go ahead and do what you think should be done instead of doing what God has told you to do. We would call that in, in, in Cleveland County, we get getting our cor- a cart before the horse. Or counting your eggs before the chickens lay them. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Because you can't truly worship God without being 100% obedient to God. See, when, when we're not obedient... We can't worship Him. Disobedience, that disobedience makes our acts of worship ritualistic and meaningless. Basically, when we're disobedient and we're not doing what God is telling us to do, 100%. Now remember, we read these verses we're like, well, Man, God's being awful harsh on, on Saul, telling him, Because you didn't obey me, you're not going to be king anymore. I've rejected you as king. To us and our way of thinking, yes, at harsh, but we have to understand that God, He expects 100% obedience. Anything less than 100% obedience is disobedience. And if we cannot truly worship God unless we're 100% disobedient, our disobedience turns those acts of worship into rituals. And they become meaningless. It's just what we do. It's like saying, okay, we have to do this every Sunday. We have to do this every Sunday. We have to sing this song every Sunday. And it becomes to where we sit here and we just go through the motions. We're truly not present in that moment and worshiping 100%, the God that deserves to be worshipped with 100% obedience, it becomes just something we do and we go through the motions without really even thinking about what we're doing. Now I want to ask you a question. Those of you that have grown up in church, this is very easy to do, but have you ever caught yourself Singing a song that you know by heart that you've sung a hundred times and you're just sitting there mouthing the words and not even really thinking about what you're singing? It is easy to happen. But we have to realize that when we're singing these songs, these, whether it's a, a worship chorus or it's an old-time hymn, those words have meaning. the worship and the praise that are coming out of those words should come from our heart regardless of how many times that we've said them or sang them. And we need to think about what we're singing. And we need to be obedient in those actions because if we don't, it becomes meaningless. And that's what disobedience does. And then we have to understand that last verse verse 23 for rebellion is as the sin of a div- divination King James version says witchcraft guys disobedience is basically what you're doing is you're giving credit to the evil spirits to satan and his demons It's the same as practicing witchcraft. And insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Disobedience is rebellion and the same as rejecting the Word of God. For God's Word. And we're not just talking about... The written Word. John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the with, Word was with God, and the Word was God. God's Word is not only what's written here, but God's Word is Jesus Christ, the living Word. So when we're disobedience, it's the same as, re- as rebellion, and the same as rejecting... God's Word. Now that's what it says in the Old Testament. And you guys know where I stand as far as the Old Testament. A lot of preachers say, well, the Old Testament really doesn't have anything to do with us today. I disagree. Yes, it does. Because we truly really can't understand the New Covenant and why we needed Jesus Christ unless we understand the Old Covenant and why. God had the law and the prophets and everything else because we don't understand that we need Christ and need that mercy without understanding the Old Testament. So that's what's said in the Old Testament. Now let's look over at the New Testament. Jesus reiterates the importance of obedience in the life of His disciples and that's what I've been preaching about. uh, For so many weeks, about being a true disciple of Christ, what it means to us, how do we react to society? Well, let's look at what Jesus says. John, John 14, 15. Jesus says these words If you love me, you will keep my commands, or my commandments. If you love me, you will keep. My commandments. Another word that can be interjected to with that word that's translated keep is adherence. We would use the word obey. It's not the same word as obey, but it means the same thing. When it says keep, it means that you hold on to. You don't forget about. You constantly have it. You grasp hold of and don't let go of it. That's what it means. An obedient heart. Having that 100% obedience. Having that kind of heart that Jesus is talking about here. That we hold on and adhere to His commandments. It allows three things to happen in our lives. First thing, it allows God to stay close to us. Zephaniah 3.17 The Lord your God is in your midst. A victorious warrior. I think the King James Version right there says a a, uh, champion that saves or, or something like that. Right there. He says, He will exalt over you with joy. He will be quiet in His love. King James Version right there says that He will not admonish you in His love, or He will not keep at you. It's not that His love becomes quiet. It's, because it's that in His love, He does not keep admonishing you. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. He will come close to you. He will be in our midst. If we are obedient, having that obedient heart, He will stay close to us. Second thing, it allows God to show us His goodness. Philippians 4.19 And my God will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Having an obedient heart allows God to come close to us. It allows us God to show us his goodness. And then the third thing, it allows God to see our love for Him. John fourteen, fifteen. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Church, a disciple of Jesus Christ obeys the commands of His Savior. He obeys the commands of His Father. As a disciple of Christ, we are to to emulate what our Master does. And our Master was obedient even unto the point of death. He did not have to submit Himself to die. At any point, He could have called an army of angels. At any point, He could have just walked away. You remember the time they had Him on the mountainside and they were getting ready to to stone Him? And Jesus just walked in the middle of them? Just walked through the middle of them? They never even saw Him. He just walked in the mist and kept going. He could have done all of that. They could have came to arrest Him in the Garden of Gethsemane and He goes, oh yeah, right. Watch this. Would it not happened. When they began to punch Him and beat Him and spit on Him, He could have said, uh-uh, I'm not doing this anymore. Wham! And that would have been it. As they nailed Him to the cross, He could have said no. And those angels would have came and surrounded Him and there would have been nothing those Roman soldiers could have done. But He was obedient. In the garden, when He prayed, Lord, let this cup pass from Me. Is there any way, any other way we can do this besides Me having to go through what I'm about to have to go through? But then he said those magic words. They're not magic. He said those words that mean everything to us. Not my will, but your will be done. I don't want this to happen. But I am going to obey what you're telling me to do. I'm going to adhere to your will. And I'm going to submit myself to what you want to happen. And because of that obedience, we have salvation. Our price and our debt was paid because of His obedience. Church, we cannot just go through the motions. As a disciple of Christ, as disciples of Christ, we cannot just become ritualistic in what we do. We cannot just do it because it's always been done that way. We have to submit ourselves and we have to be obedient first so that we can 100% worship through 100% obedience. And the last point I want to make as we close today is this, that 100% obedience is to do God's will God's way to God's glory. Let me say that again. 100% obedience is to do God's will, God's way to God's glory. It's not doing God's will the way we want to do it. It's doing it what, how God's telling us to do See, in the Old Testament, when He was given the law and telling Moses what to tell the people, how He wanted the tabernacle built, he, he was very precise in telling them what He wanted done and how He wanted it done, didn't He? I want this kind of wood. I want this kind of cloth. I want this kind of leather. I want this kind of gold. I want it this measurement. By this measurement, this is how you're to do it. This is how, what you're supposed to use. He was very specific in what He wanted done. Church, God is very specific in what He wants us to do. The Great Commission tells us what? I want you to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then how are we supposed to make disciples? By teaching them to obey all, there's that word obey again, all my commands. And then how are we supposed to do that? For lo, I am with you always. God, Jesus is with us. His, the Holy Spirit will give us the ability to be obedient. He will give us the desire to be obedient, that our hearts become surrendered to Him and are obedient to Him, that we love our God with everything we got heart, soul, mind, and strength. Everything. So that we do God's will, God's way, and to His glory, not ourselves. We are not the ones that are supposed to be getting patted on the back when we do something. We're not, the one, we're not supposed to be the sports stars that do something on the field or on the court and then they beat their chest. Look at me, look at me. No. We're supposed to give honor and glory to where it belongs. We are to be like Gideon where God defeats an entire army that looked like grasshoppers on a field. There were so many of them with 300 men. No possible way that 300 men could have beat thousands upon thousands upon thousands of soldiers. But God did it. And God even told Gideon why he was doing it that way. So that the glory would not go to Gideon, but would go to who? God. God. Everything we do in our church, everything that we do in our lives needs to be to God's glory. Not our glory. It's not to get our name on anything. It's because of what Jesus did for us. He deserves all the glory. He deserves all the praise. He deserves all the recognition. And being 100% obedient, again, is doing God's will, God's way, to God's glory. Church, as we sing our song of invitation, God's dealing with somebody today. (coughs) I don't know what it is. It may be that there's somebody here that needs to pray to accept Christ as their Savior. Don't leave today without doing that. It may be that, that there's somebody that needs to get something right with God. Our altars are open. You're welcome to come and pray. Or pray where you are. It may be that you want to join our church. Or recommit yourself and being obedient to Christ. Whatever it is, don't leave today without getting it taken care of. I beg you, you are not promised another day. Don't leave today without knowing that you are 100% right and 100% obedient to our Lord and Savior. As we sing this song, this is your opportunity to get those things straight.
2: Would you stand please? Hymn number 447, Trust and Obey.
4: 447. When we walk Oh
1: very much for being here today. Don't forget, tomorrow night at Chad and Laura's house will be our, our cottage prayer meeting in preparation for uh, our revival coming up on September 11th. Also be in prayer for uh, for us to find an ASL interpreter. Um, we are desperately looking for one. I talked to several people at Gardner Web last week, and I'm hoping to find one soon. So be, make that a matter of prayer. Continue to pray for Dan and Celeste, for Mike and um, Ann. She is in um, Carolina Care and Cherubil doing well. But then pray for Marty and Ruth as well as uh, they go through this process together. Don't forget work day Thursday. Yes, if, it ain't raining, yes, right. if, if there's not raining, there's going to be a work day Thursday night. And uh, again, thank you for being here, and I'm going to ask Larry Hammett if he would come and dismiss us in prayer. Don't forget we have business meeting after the service. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you humbly, asking forgiveness of for our many sins and our shortcomings. Father, we pray. It is so easy for us as human beings to come to places with our lives and the things that are going around us war still in Ukraine is still just act as active as it was months ago. We have tragedies that can lead to go daily, daily that we take, to take for granted. We get complacent. We pray, Father, that we don't uh, complacent in your words. Father God, help us to remember you are the light and you are the way with the of Jesus Christ.